0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi all, this is a quick content warning. This week's episode is focused on issues surrounding birth complications and genetic disorders. Look how cute my child is with its ridiculously large ears. <laughs> Ooh, <it's> like... <laughs>
1: Look how furry he (laughs) is.
2: Like Dumbo. For having winged children.
0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of No Idea Yet. I'm your host Freddie and I'm here with my friends Jonathan. Hello. And Alistair. Hello there. So, those of you who have been listening since the first episode or have dared listen to the first episode and heard my underwatery voice may remember that I said I'd start off with soft things like hobbies or that I'd follow newspaper articles which I totally forgot about in the next week (laughs) well unheard of in this tangent so (laughs) no exactly so this week I'm going down a different route and I'm going to give away absolutely nothing and just see what Johnny and Alistair know so I hope you're ready. That's, that's the cue so that the music kind of like stops and dies. off. I'm thinking <laughs> of editing now. Yeah. Okay, so guys with absolutely no warning or idea about what I'm about to say, tell me what you think or who you think a saviour sibling is. Anyone want to go first? I feel like
2: this is that uh, my sister's keeper thing. Is that where someone's you... born for the purpose to effectively... It's like having a, a, a backup backup kids. an organ donor like, thing right yeah we need a kidney let's just have another kid um i, mean, I haven't actually read my sister's keeper so <laughs> now it's the <a> film and <laughs> one of them's got cancer so it's pretty bad but um i cannot elaborate on that um is it like so say if you have a child who's had bone cancer or something like that leukemia and they need a bone marrow transplant they're super ra- rare to find actual donors for it and one of the best things is actually somebody who's like blood-related, usually either a parent, if they're not available. I think some parents specifically have kids with the thought in a couple of years they'll have enough bone marrow to transplant to the other and hopefully save them.
0: That's pretty pretty close. It's pretty head-on. Uh, uh,
2: or is it is it is it your sibling is Jesus?
0: <laughs> well, I was I was tempted to like put you off on the wrong way and be like, so this may get religious. What is a savior sibling? <laughs> <This is> like, <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's your sibling who brings you back to the path of God. <laughs> Um, so you're pretty, you're pretty much hitting the nail on the head there. Um, Alistair, do you, so does this fill in a few blanks, what Johnny just said?
1: I mean, yeah, that, that was my initial thought. But yeah, that yeah, okay. that I mean, a, sis, a sibling right. that saves another sibling.
2: Do I get a grade? Is it like a B? Would it be a B, my
0: answer? <laughs> no, no, no. I'll explain, i explain. So you basically got it. So it's a child that has been conceived in vitro. So that they are a perfect genetic match to an already alive kid who has a very, very fatal, uh, very fatal, fatal, fatal fatal, right? disease in in the idea that when the kid is born, the umbilical cord cells will be used to cure the first child. Uh, If the umbilical cord cells fail, they will wait until the kid's a bit older potentially and take blood, um, bone marrow. Yes which also has its own dangers because of general anaesthetic that you
2: have to be unable to... I feel it was, it's almost sadder that you're only doing it just for the umbilical cord. It's like, you don't even care about the child being grown up. I literally, you know, we can throw the baby away as soon as you've got the umbilical cord. Uh, also, you blew my mind by saying very fatal and then, wait, just fatal? Because, um, yeah, to- <laughs> totally. I, I, I don't know why it just kind of, like, blew me away a little bit. I've definitely heard someone say, oh, it's really fatal. But it's like, no, fatal is just fatal.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, it was like, the doctor's like, yes, I diagnose you with death. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, it's so only quite today, <laughs> yeah, yes. Quite fatal. Quite yeah. fatal. Today we will be talking about saviour siblings. I was having a chat with my friendie who has, oh wait, should we get down that route? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So my friendie who has had problems with organs. And I was suddenly thinking, if you had a kid so that they were a genetic match, could you then steal their organs and have them as <laughs> your own?
2: I think if you use the word "steal" it's probably the operative
1: word in that sentence, <laughs> it's just yeah. Like, yeah. stealing steal... organs are the same. sense never, never a win.
0: Borrow yeah. Organs. So the thing was, I didn't know about it, and so I googled it, and it turns out yes, it's a thing. It's safety syphilis. It's been going around. Well, it's, the first case was in two thousand and one, and it does have numerous different risks and numerous different um, moral, and eth- moral and ethical s- subplots to it. So I thought that'd be a great thing to talk about today. So I will start off my first question. Ooh, I wish I got a whole list of them. It's so exciting. We'll start off with, is this child exploitation?
2: Uh, I feel unless, if you're planning to have more kids already, and it's a case of, well, we're just going to make sure they're a genetic match first off, then I feel no. But if you're like, well, we're kind of happy with the kids we've got, then definitely yes. Because it's kind of, you kind of just, yeah, I can see the benefit of it, but at the same time, it's kind of like that kid will always know it was second best, and like realistically, it's the first kid was the priority, not the second.
1: No, well, no, I mean, honestly, that's how. You're I would the second best, you're you you're, you're going to be the better one. You? You're going. Who wouldn't want to? Jesus is the savior. The
2: savior is the good one. You know, who would want to be the savior? I'm not the ill one. Thank you very much. This guy was so bad; he was just waiting for me to come along. Um, <laughs> yeah. but there but,
0: are interviews. Some this has happened where the kids are old enough to talk about it. And I have to say, I feel a lot that it's the media pushing the story that the one kid isn't wanted and the other kid should feel guilty because that they can never pay back this debt. But I mean, to be fair, that seems like a big push onto the kids. I mean, if you never even the
1: negativity and everything being pushed,
2: like you don't Mm -hmm. need that at all.
0: You can totally just be like, this is what we needed to do to keep you both
2: alive, right? Yeah, I, I think I think it's because I re- always remember, I, it was like some TV interview or something about um someone whose child died when they were like a baby, like a couple of days old or something. Then they had another child to replace that one. And it was never a case of they wanted another baby for a baby's sake. It was a replacement. So like, oh, we missed Jacob. So then we had like you know Thomas but Thomas is I mean Jacob was so good and Thomas never effectively it was like Thomas was living in the shadow of this that baby that was just like oh yeah Jacob never would have done this I can't believe you're doing this Thomas was, that's the attitude and I just felt it was so toxic so I think part of me w- when you're saying that of you having a child just for the other one it always reminds me of this toxic family that was like you know you are you're giving your kid unrealistic exp- you know standards for this child that never was I feel that was just really sad for me. So I think if I think of it in that frame, then yes, child exploitation. But the other side of most time, it's like adoption. Some people get really. It depends how people take it. Some adoptions, like yeah, I mean they adopted me and it's they're my parents. That's it. Don't need to know the other ones. They gave me up for adoption, so that's their prerogative. Other people, it's a big thing and it's like a big crisis. I think affects everyone different, doesn't it? Well, I mean
0: this is an interesting point i mean you're saying kind of the replacement because it has happened where the treatment that they obviously use the cells from the first baby has failed and the original first child died so huh. it's the second kid the kid's not a replacement as per se it's just i mean it's not at all the kid's fault any of this it's, mm. it's never a child's fault anything the, the child can't be at fault ever really because it's the parents or the parents upbringing that's caused whatever happened
1: right you don't hear you hear the story about the savior who didn't manage to save and that's, that's a sad <laughs> story so yeah i mean like would you tell the kid that and then be like oh you know you had this older brother older sibling whoever um and then and you know, then this happened um because yeah obviously you know, if it's that sad of a story if it, obviously if it ends up you know the kid dying and then the, the savior as it were not not being a savior obviously i mean you're still a, you're still a light in your parents life ideally and all that mm. good stuff but yeah, obviously it doesn't make for quite such a good story to save
2: you <laughs> I, th- I think it just depends on the parents doesn't it because i get some parents to be like we lost at first unfortunately but we got you and you know we've got you and that's like the, the, the greatest gift you know like it was horrible that what happened but you know, effectively saying like, at least we've got one kid or, you know like you put the effort in but the other way if you had parents who are so like stoked on the first one they'd be like you failed you know you know you know you were meant to do this and you didn't you failed at your job and you know you're now forever in disappointment so i think it really depends on the parents being like you're the light of our life because we lost one child but at least we've got one you know or it's kind of a we're meant to have him and then because of you you know isn't alive and Yeah. Could Could be be she. Be she.
0: okay so d- down to just to finish that question is that we're going to see that the psychological bearing on the child when they're older both of them is generally down to the parents and I really don't understand why some of these parents went to the newspapers because they they, the parents, they get hounded the kids get hounded like you owe your sister your life and the kids like yes I know <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone um, yeah okay so my next question this comes under designer babies because the second child has to be had in vitro to make sure that they are a perfect genetic match this is going down the steps of designer babies where we choose the genetic traits of our children before they are born. Thoughts, guys, on how you feel about that? I
1: think that it's quite a deep dive into the rabbit hole of it, but I think the sort of inevitable gap widening between the rich and the poor, when that becomes more common and more prevalent in society, because obviously the, if you're rich and you can therefore afford li- genetically superior kids, then you're then having, you know, that's only going to widen the gap between the rich and the poor, which is obviously, at the moment, ridiculously big, but not like a physical manifestation of it in that same way.
2: Mm. So, so get fun, pudgy that's why kids. what are you trying to say.
1: Oh, I was saying rich is at the moment are <laughs> rich, and obviously they've got those privileges and everything, but they don't actually have, they're not genetically yeah. superior. But obviously if they actually were,
2: then it would be like, oh shit, that means up a whole The kind well, of worms. It's one thing which should yeah. be really funny with g- genetically engineered kids is that you assume you, you like, that, right, when you have a certain type of muscle mass, you know, a certain kind of height, but then do you, Obviously, I sell kitchens, bathrooms, and bedrooms. Um, stuff goes through phases of fashion for about five years, things. Same with dogs. Dogs are a fashion accessory to some points. And like it would happen with kids that you're always know, all the rage to have kids who are going to be um, blonde hair and blue eyes. And then suddenly, five years later, it's like, oh no, it's brown, it's brown hair, and brown eyes. And you get these weird like age ranges of where you'd look a certain way, and it's because. In the seventies, when everyone had green bath, like green toilets, and so it was all the rage then. But everyone hates it now. So do you think we get some people in the forties who are like, "Oh, you look so ugly. Why did everyone think that was pretty?" Like, because that's how like stuff changes. And I always remember a reason of why you have fashion trends with anything is effectively for rich people to be able to prove that they're rich. You know, if everyone keeps the same furniture for twenty years, how do you know that you earn a million pounds when somebody else earns not a million pounds? And it's so you're able to afford things and then you want to have fashions changing because then you're proving that you're still rich. Um, but yeah, so I imagine that happens with babies too.
0: Well imagine that you really really hit,
2: hit the designer part of the designer babies on the head. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I was thinking, oh <laughs> really like, have on
1: the designer appearances
2: and not like not having a smart kid or like anything else. <laughs> Just I want my kid to be beautiful, I don't really care what else.
0: I was just I was picturing, as you said, that like designing the kid to look like Snapchat filters or those Instagram filters oh. that are extreme, you know, big eyes, incredibly narrow nose, or that weird kind of your head's too small, or your neck's mm. shrunk, or your hips are in a funny thing. Imagine if you could design them like that. So it's kind of permanent. <laughs> you're like, hey. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, We Sorry, we can't change your bone structure anymore. They changed it when you were a kid, and now you have ridiculous hips. And...
0: Oh. Okay. so... The next question I'm coming on to, I've got a few here, we'll go with what if the child was had so that the donated part of them goes to a parent, does that make it worse or not change it? If the kid has a, so the parent can have another kidney or something.
2: Is that like farming technically, like you're growing something to (laughs) perhaps for yourself?
1: it was a bit more like yeah
2: yeah
1: I, I think that is when you have to draw the line between like that, that, if you followed that that like argument through to its reasonable conclusion then you would say oh well that means a parent can do whatever they want with their kid kind of thing and that's obviously not the case because you've got to give that human autonomy and you know which you're kind of taking away i guess in a bit if you're i mean i don't know like obviously you can survive with one kidney and but yeah it, okay, it's, it's quite it like, by the way by the way, we only ever had you because we wanted to take your kidney now. break brute over here when you're 15 years old, I don't imagine. So.
0: Okay, don't but, but let's you're... imagine <laughs> that you do want to have a kid anyway. And they have a child and they grow up and as they or that, okay, what I'm getting at here is that you can be more likely to have certain diseases, right? There's genetic, uh, what do you call it? When you're more likely to have some disposition. Yeah. So. Let's say you had a kid as an insurance policy Alistair. Oh. would you not donate a kidney or some or part of your liver to your mum or dad
1: sure i mean that's a long insurance policy i mean i guess they mostly are but yeah <laughs> I when i went to my kids like in his 20s before he's got you know, I, mean, I don't know like um if you if you did have that as a genuine warrior i think there's probably better ways to 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 deal with that like like a real insurance policy
2: or I, mean, like, I like the idea of of that is you're know, like oh so who's your insurance with like oh mine's a viva what about yours oh my kid if i lose a leg i'm taking theirs. <laughs> you know, like, they're more less my clone i um, mean
1: to be fair you just let me think though in terms of like culturally um it's quite a western that we don't really have that kind of like it's lot of was going yeah it's very much like you have your kids and then they with the sort of they're going to take care of you in your old age which i think is a less of a thing in the west it's more like oh yeah we'll take what we can and then just run for the hills um but yeah no definitely there is a, that element of you have kids because it's it's carrying your bloodline and all that sort of thing but it's actually it's also as a as a, a, a you yeah, know yeah as it is like an insurance policy for your, for your kind of old age so they'll do something
0: exactly like where i was trying to push you towards like mm-hmm. piece by piece that first oh would you have a kid to donate to you oh second what if it was for in the long run and then to show that actually people do do this i had a conversation with johnny about this what happened? I was gonna
1: say as, as johnny i would love to hear your thoughts on this, obviously as, as the only father amongst the three of us so i
2: mean, think um... a, a fun thing I, I think i've already said previously of like a
0: um,
2: abby's dad worked with somebody and he's like oh what's your talk about pensions or something so what's your pension he's like, oh, i don't pay into a pension I'm Like how why do you not so like, i've got like 17 kids they're my pension and it's i, th- I think was, i think he was indian i can't remember i don't know say so, whatever but yeah so that is that thing of I guess as well. Do you mean saying like you're having a kid to replace a part like oh your kidneys failing? I have insurance policy of a kid. I mean that's taken it as very. If you think about it, all kids are technically to replace you at the end of the day, and it's just whether or not you're. Well, no, because like you're they, they're replacing your your lineage so to speak. You know you're passing on your genes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. you're also, replacing. Genes yeah, so you're kind of saying your mark yeah. in the world will be you'll die eventually, but you'll replace your mark with your progeny effectively. So it's the thing of, you know, oh my leg doesn't work anymore. Well, your you kid's going to be able to do what you're not able to do anymore. That's just kind of being a parent. Yet the other thing is being so selfish. Like, no, actually, I don't want you to reap the benefits of me giving you everything. I'm going to take it from you because I have a right, I guess. so we feel entitled that because they came from you that you own them, don't they? So but, quick
1: sharing, if you don't mind. I show quite a funny thing that happened not too long ago that um,
2: this is. So- before,
1: before this lockdown we're in now, um, I was down at the snooker club playing some snooker with my dad and then on this other table there was this this dad with his son and the son was like probably about 10 years old and it was, I, I've seen him down the, quite a few times before actually and very much like the dad's really living his, you know, lifelong dreams of being a good snooker <laughs> through this kid, this kid's amazing and he's super young, like yeah, uh, like the, the kind of age you need to get a kid that serious about sport if you want to like make it as a professional one day um, and obviously like it's quite funny. The kid does look like he enjoyed it. Like There is not that's forcing it on him, but it was this, there's this really funny conversation between the two of them where the dad was basically bribing the kid to stay and do some more games, and he's like, bribing him with Minecraft money. <laughs> he was like, oh, I'll give you 20 quid for this game. And the kid was like, oh, no!" and then I think the kid wants like, oh, you're going to give me 20 quid then, Dad? And his dad was like, oh, I'll give you 10 quid, but we can spend it on Minecraft because your mom won't let you spend money on Minecraft. <laughs> and this whole bizarre... Uh, me and my dad was just like, like, you know, laughing at this, this whole completely bizarre uh, but what do you guys do you think that's, there's a moral question there about like forcing your kid into a sport just because you want to do it or would that kid be like mm-hmm. oh no I, I had the chance to do that thing with my dad and he, I really enjoyed it and everything Like, and obviously if, he did, if that kid does then go on to become a professional and a successful one would he then be like oh I attribute all, all the success to my dad who pushed me in the right direction it's technically that's really interesting you know?
2: because technically it's like you, know, you, you can't get to like the professional league unless you start when you're like because they're like oh, F- God, yeah you have to start on go-karts when you're like four. I remember the thing that they're trying to get F1 more accessible for people because effectively you have to be wealthy to be an F1 because it means you're weakened. You have to have a big trailer for your go-kart when you're like four years old. You have to be able to have disposable funds to travel up and down the UK competing. Then you go from go-karts to cars and then you slowly go up, but you just need like wealth for it. And that's not really, and it's, so I know they're trying to do like things effectively to be able to get kids into it. Who aren't from those typical wealthy backgrounds you know maybe it's like funds towards get go-karts to start off things like that but yeah it's funny of like to really get into professional sports you have to start when you're like four years old and they just get hammered into you
0: back to the parents like it's all about parents isn't it mm. and there are situations i mean i saw this great show about um, genius kids or kids getting into mensa or something and it was basically these really hard tests that kids would do to get into this highly esteemed academic institution uh, institution 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 and i don't know if you guys saw this there was a clear divide where there were some kids that were just brilliant they were just naturally brilliant kind and the parents were like yeah he just picked up books and started reading like by himself from like age one and he couldn't we couldn't stop him like he'd read anything so he just got in more stuff and he he learned more they just the kids have that raw energy and hunger and then there's those other kids that are Pushed, and we're talking like extreme levels of being pushed. Yes, they're brilliant in comparison to their own age group, but they just want to be normal kids in the mm. sense that they, don't, they want to have lots of interests, not necessarily one. And yeah. so you, there are sports where some people have been become the best because they wanted to their whole time, but there are also yes being pushed.
2: But and I think, kind of, but I think all kids. I I guess I remember chatting to a, a BT guy who came up. To, Internet or the sky, and he's saying that he really likes track uh, cycling um, and he's getting his kids into it as well. But he said it's really hard when they get to teenagers because they just want to go play on the fr- play with the mates on a Saturday or they want to get a, a job on a Saturday. But said, no, you'd have to be training. And it's like, I think, in any element of sport, you do have to be pushed to be a professional only because I think I think a football same but I don't know, I,
0: I think,
2: yeah, but I think it's hard because some sports of like kid just would never get into it if it wasn't for the parents to push him into it you know what I mean okay, I guess they would
0: if I'm I think I'm correct in saying this Usain Bolt just wanted to beat his brother he wanted to be faster than his brother or something so he pushed himself and became what he has become hmm. he wasn't pushed yeah. by his parents
1: I guess I think the barrier to entry for running and the barrier to entry for like f1 like John, it's <laughs> <slightly different.
2: laughs> i was thinking maybe it's actually just
1: like you know, i like, sat in my bath every day with a with a dinner plate <laughs> trying to practice these terms like yeah that, that's
2: what maybe, maybe that's it it's actually equipment do you know, like if you're thinking of like tennis or, you know that's to be honest it's not too hard to get that kind of equipment but something like cycling it's like no you know to get a proper bicycle is expensive and as a kid yeah. you need Who to keep... have a full-size tennis court in the backyard yeah <laughs> 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 but you like with cycling you have to keep getting it as kids grow older and they cost a lot each time for instance whereas tennis yeah you have a local tennis court for instance or in your back garden I mean you can be rich and already and be very good at tennis um,
0: well, I think anything that has an element of being being against other people directly like they affect you kind of like tennis requires having maybe like a sibling or someone around mm-hmm. you with similar skills to push against which generally comes in the form of joining a local team right but something like running and potentially cycling, you can just get better by yourself. Mm. Mm. Although there is tactics in cycling, I
1: know that. So, so Johnny, like, so but again, like, I'm sort of saying you're out as, like I say, obviously, one of the three of us who's got a, a kid, but are you planning on any of this sort of thing with Ezra to, like, you know, get yeah. him into some <laughs> sports? Or, or, you know, what, I mean, what's, what, has he shown any attributions at, at
2: once? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, so, this is more of like an anecdotal, like being a parent thing of just I got an Xbox in the last year of primary school. I think I got a phone, like as a as a hand me down as I went into high school, like a mobile phone. And now Ezra, being sixteen months old, he so grandparents around. I had an iPad. Grandpa, he was on an iPad. He was doing something on his iPad, and then Ezra came came along, pressed the home button went into the folder which has YouTube kids, then clicked on the app for YouTube kids, then he presses play and then he'll keep swiping along the videos when he gets bored and presses a new one and that's like, it's just mad of like, that took us so long to learn and he's 16 months and can do that. Also makes me worried because already you've got a short attention span because he knows that he can keep, that he'll look at the videos, see what he likes, then press it and then he'll do, keep doing that and it's like,
0: are you going to show
1: my ignorance of like kids that age? Because I, like I said the youngest, because I taught when I was like teaching was was older than that. Was, like, what what age do they like? Is he like talking and stuff? Like, we'll actual
2: I think kids vary. At oh, like like, the, right? the age of so. two, kids vary with you know, like so Ezra walks really proficiently, whereas uh, a kid the same say Major him it only crawls at the moment. Um, but I think he's already started words more advanced than Ezra, for instance. So it's really kind of like a. I think by the age of two, most kids have usually got down walking and talking at least to like some basic level. So yeah, so Ezra doesn't talk at the moment, just makes, well, he, he jabbers a lot and he can, he, he understands words. So he can be like, go take this to, to mama and then he'll go and do it. Or you know, like, oh, where the doggies or like, you know, who's that? So he understands more than he can. But well, I didn't that's, like always that's saying that's
0: Isn't it because of like mouth and vocal formation, they understand right? but they can't enunciate.
2: Yeah, and I do like, the because the, this is from Freddie, the fact I like to tell a lot of people, which is from Freddie, about, you know, it's hard to use your tongue to make noises, and then but baby sign language, but it just hasn't been an issue. You kind of just know what he wants and usually have a routine, so it's kind of like, yeah.
0: Well, that um, comes from being around someone, right? I mean, if you live with someone, it doesn't matter who they are or what even other languages they speak, it's pretty quick. You just you could probably grunt at them and they'll know what you mean. Like <laughs> yeah. You
2: to yeah, so I wanted to do baby sign language, but then just... It just didn't seem end up being that useful to be honest. It was just kind of like, oh, he gets milk at this time and he kind of like he if he fusses, you kind of know. Yeah, babies have different cries, okay. which is Well,
0: um, obviously we kind, of, we kind of have to go back to the original question. You know, <laughs> know, <if you> <laughs> to super annoy people. Last point before I ask you your questions to go and research, has got to be, would you do it? Would you have a second child potentially to save the first?
2: Uh, oh I thought you were going back to designer babies and then I thought of like it would be such an argument with your other half to be what attributes they get from each parent because you assuming to design it would still no, have to be happen. you're like well I want they want I want them to have my eyes and your nose and like no no I don't want that at all imagine the arguments you'd have with your partner to be like well I just think that I've got all the good attributes can I just make a mini clone uh, no it's meant to be our baby I, I can't imagine some like really high intensity kind of like... I what if
0: I, you to tie up the first one and the second one you get to have is your claim Then you, yeah.
2: you get to have clone. <laughs> a claim claims claims around i was going to claim the dog and you bill the third one we we'll just we we'll just, we'll just have you know lucky dip <laughs> we'll have it all natural and he
1: will hate he or she will hate, his, will, will hate his siblings that are superior <laughs> <laughs>
0: just, well then, it turns out actually that the mixture would be superior and have superior immune system and stuff. Actually, mm. wouldn't they? Mm. So you'd kind of
2: it would be like the first two kids are pedigree and the third one's a mut.
0: Yeah, but the first one's like inbred technically. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you genetics. Well,
2: actually, we didn't use any of. Oh, we well, like foundation of, it, of the genetics.
0: <laughs> well, um, can, can you please answer my question? Answer
2: yeah. so your question, <laughs> Freddie.
1: Um, I feel like is, is is a line, right? Is is you know between you, is you don't have that kid for one reason and one reason only. Of that, I think that's a bit much. Um, so I probably wouldn't have a second kid just with the intention of saving the first one and then. But I feel like you know I'd, I'd quite like to have more than one kid anyway. So yeah, but
0: okay. I mean, it's a so win-win if you of, want to have the kid. Yeah, you know? exactly. If you want to have a second kid, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, yeah, so I mean,
2: you have to consider about the genetic side of it. But yeah, I think if that was the case, you'd be like, well, we want another kid anyway. The difference is now it's got to be in vitro fertilization in a certain way, heavily consider it because it just seems like a why not. You know? Yeah, if you're going to do it anyway,
1: exactly. And then it'd be like, well, because if, if then in a few years down the line, you'd be like, okay, well, then if the other kid didn't, didn't you know, the, the, the first kid, like, died, or whatever, and you'd be like, oh, well, you know, why we had this opportunity. It's, it's like I said, it, when life gives you
2: opportunities, I think you've got to kind of. You know, but if you've got like four kids already and you're like, mm,
0: five <laughs> kids, yeah.
2: we got two kids yeah. and then
0: twins. Yeah. It's a hard point to make, obviously, especially not having to do it ourselves. But uh, I mean, the big part of it is that the first kid will die. That's the whole point: is that they will die if you don't do this. Yeah. And so there's there's a couple that tried to have the in vitro second child six times, and it never succeeded. Like they had one or two miscarriages, and the rest never even um, uh, adhered to the inside of the uterus. God, my biology is crap right now. And there has been cases where the second baby born was not a perfect match. And so then the umbilical cells were worthless.
2: Um, I've heard of um, a similar thing, but it wasn't with genetically done. It was a case of having a kid, a third kid, to see if it was, so they had a first child which was uh just kind of no, no issues at all second child super rare disease which is only because two parents were carriers and it's again really what well, it was like super rare just to have two people that had the carrier carrier genes in him and let alone for them to have a kid um and i think it's like a one in ten percent chance your kid would have this issue it was like kind of full electric wheelchair from the get-go and it costs it also you learn about having severely disabled children how expensive it is you have to get modified vans these huge electrical wheelchairs which cost a fortune and they just care and stuff like this had the third child in the hopes that they would, the first child's like bone marrow wasn't you accessible for for them had a third child to see if they would be able to like have bone marrow and it had the same condition so they end up having two severely disabled kids who cost a fortune and it's like oh man could you imagine it's like Oh, the the third was to help the second, and the third ended up being like the second as the risk that they took. And oh, just. Yeah, I don't even know where to go with that,
1: really. That's, I'm sure they would have meant that. That was quite likely, I guess. But. Mm.
0: Well, I mean, the point is that you can screen a zygote or embryo before you, if you were doing IVF, hence why you could do it. So you could check that the kid doesn't have something. This is something that I am kind of am a backer of. I mean, I've worked with disabled kids. I might to talk to you guys about this. I worked in a disabled school and there are parents that I've spoken to who understand that, you know, if you could choose not to have a disabled kid and choose to have a healthy kid instead, sometimes that could be a better option for everyone. Um, I mean, you can't cry over everyone who doesn't exist, right? So. So, well,
1: yeah, I, I think yeah. that's that then that then gets into the obviously like um, pro-life pro-choice kind of movements and all that sort of thing, which eugenics I think, well, I think I think we're all quite
0: pro-choice.
1: But yeah, would anyone no one would ever pick disabled kid, right? I mean, I don't well, I think so. Wouldn't
0: the wouldn't the, the mindset become that obviously you designed it because if you don't, there's the chance they could be disabled. I mean it they never would, would spit on someone who dares to risk playing with the dice of yeah. fate, could have a disabled child. How dare you? Put that on them.
2: Yeah, that's true. Mm. I guess my my always thought was Yeah, more so the cultural implications
1: of that are quite interesting. I think. But yeah, would anyone no one would ever pick a disabled kid, right? I mean, I don't well, I think so. Wouldn't
0: the wouldn't the, the mindset become that obviously you designed it because if you don't, there's the chance they could be disabled. I mean, they never would, would spit on someone who dares to risk playing with the dice and yeah. fate, could have a disabled child. How dare you put that on them?
2: Yeah, that's true. No. I guess my, my always thought was. Yeah, so the culture impairs is that quite interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, so yeah. A, yeah. Pretty yeah. I, so, yeah, I always I, I yeah, I I think it's a case of like, it's making decisions for the, how can you choose a, a huge decision for somebody when you're not that person, especially if you're some random old white male.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, it, it all comes back, especially this point is that at what point is it the parent making the choice versus the unborn child's mm. non decision, right? Let yeah.
1: me literally, I don't want to say, Good life or pro choice, right? So, yeah, I think. Yeah. 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 I guess I'm thinking of, like, more. Every, everything you have a kid, you you just pick. Like, they're, they're, for whatever reason in this hypothetical world, that is the case. I'd, I'd,
2: yeah. I guess, yeah, I'll probably, for the design side, it's like you you're 100% guarantee you're not going to have a disabled kid, but they'll be completely random. Then, yeah, I'll be fully on board with that. But it's more of a case of any further design to be like, you know, are we're gonna yeah, where, this, this line little line gene to you have, we're gonna enhance it more than you ever would have been able to. So they are better at this or that. I feel like to use to use the term, you kind of playing god kind of thing. Um, not that's a particular issue, but for me personally, I just feel like I like that kind of you don't know what you get. So yeah, definitely no chance of disability. Winner winner chicken dinner. But then anything for that, I prefer to have random just because.
0: God, you right. made me think something crazy now. Right? How about flip this on its head um, only disabled you know, kids said, yes <laughs> no yes like think about back in cultures where being really really fat and gluttonous was fashionable because you didn't have to do anything you could just eat all day mm. people have their super long nails because they don't have to do anything for themselves imagine it becomes fashionable to show how wealthy you are by having disabled children oh
2: that fuzzy would be a
1: thing <laughs> yeah and then just feels so like yeah that Ah,
2: uh, yeah that's the thing, some desire where it becomes the kid is suddenly a fashion accessory. Like, look, look at my child. But to be fair,
1: what you just said about like we have been breeding dogs to be disabled for a very long time because we think it's cute, because we think it's, you know,
2: so.
0: why? So, to end this half, I'm going to be asking you to go away and look into, just to look into, to en- en- knowledgeify us all on designer babies and potential choices in the future. Uh, one thing that could be wiped out immediately, for example, is cystic fibrosis. I believe if you yeah. just dreamed for it, I mean, you could actually use CRISPR to just cut that gene out. The same child is born; they just don't have cystic fibrosis. Uh, but we're not allowed to do that. At the so shout
1: out to everyone listen to this in 2036. And
2: it's always a case. It's not. It's not because of the the initial. It's always the slope, the slippery slope, which leads. Yeah. Having winged
0: children. <laughs> yeah. So I just want. It just to seems have... like a win win, to be honest. If you have winged kids to. and no cystic fibrosis, quids in. But they can have wings, but they still have to have the cystic fibrosis. That's the problem. Yeah. But, but so my question is not a specific question to either of you, just I'd like you to go look at um, genetic modification in the future, potentially, how slippery this slope might be, because potentially it's not as slippery as you think, and maybe where you'd draw the line. I'll see you guys in the next half and just over to our sponsor. Hey listeners, if you've made it this far and you have anything, maybe a product, another podcast, a charity that you'd like us to pop into our halftime interlude, please let us know at noideayetpodcast at gmail.com. Hello and welcome back to the second half. It's been a week now and we've all gone away and had a little look at some of the topics that we talked about and we're going to find out what Johnny and Alistair have found out. Yeah, I can say fine twice. <laughs> so um, who would like to go first with their findings on designer babies?
1: I, um, I'll i set the ball rolling if you like. So the yeah. questions, I believe with so... Basically, designer babies was a big part of it, right? Um, did a bit of research on that, which comes into saving siblings. So there was a nice little, nice little story I read about, which is this. Um, I say read about, obviously you watched a video on YouTube as you do. As as this, <laughs> a lot of research these days. Um, so this mother, Amy, had um had they had a son called uh, Chivan, which means life, apparently. And um he then he had this uh this disease basically, which was you know life threatening. Um, he, they did the whole saving sibling thing. Um went through with it and it worked basically when it works obviously it's a really really lovely story <laughs> you can't can't really beat to as a story um so yeah, they had this little daughter um jar which means victorious so she'd be victorious and saving her brother's life and everything and yeah it was just a very nice little you know it was if you had any doubts about it you'd be like well that was really lovely obviously the flip side of that is if it didn't work it would be like ah yes not so lovely but well,
0: yeah was think, the yeah. story told in like a positive way right like i mean again we talked about how the media spins it it was mm. told positively right it
1: was very much, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, this is a good thing because this worked in this way. See, when you look at it, does, does the end justify the means? It's when the end, is, is that nice? And of course it does, you know, you see these two kids. And I said, I think they it, touched on quite a lot of the stuff we touched on um, originally that obviously if you're gonna have another kid anyway, it's a complete no-brainer. Most um, the IVF stuff is, is you know, it's a sort of, it's a detour rather than a rather than some sort of massive speed bump, I think.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, it was a very nice little, nice little
0: bit. Yeah,
2: that's really cute. Just a tangent. Just from that, it's funny thinking of like, do you know the idea of that you're wanting to save a life by, you know, having, effectively having two lives to to continue on two lives, and it's the thought of like, it's not because of the outcome of who, what that baby's going to become. It's like they're going to become a dictator and then it's all bad. You know, so that one fuzzy feeling goes when they're Hitler, <laughs> um, but that's not the point, is it? It's not about what the child's going to become. It's just that it's life in it's just. Purest form of just it doesn't matter, it's not for the outcome other than just that it continues on. I've got a cool thought. Um, so we'll be looking up designer babies. Um, Adam Nask was the first one technically in 2000. And when they say designer babies, it's less of designing, more of choosing. So, like if you're doing IVF, it's a case of you have like six embryos and then you, you screen them for genetic traits and then you choose which one. So, it's more of like rather it's not you're designing, but you're kind of choosing, if you know what I mean. And like looking into it, it said like the ideas of the, the cliche or oh, design a baby means like, you know, you're choosing athleticism or intelligence, but it's just saying you can't really find it in DNA. It's just too complex to know actually what is a gene, which corresponds with intelligence and athleticism. So they're kind of reading this article was kind of saying that in our lifetime, we'd never be able to know, be able to find out. It's just way too complex. You'd be just not at that level yet. And I guess kind of like so why worry about it but the argument against it would be for the bigger picture rather than the now so it's like 100 years in the future are we going to be like the things we set up now will have that knock on effect yeah and other things for like going to CRISPR and like changing genetics is that as you change something in your DNA it has a knock-on effect like I think they tried doing something Mm -hmm. with like HIV and they ended up being more susceptible to something else for instance so it's kind of like when you start trying to do one thing it's you know usually one effect will have a knock on oh yeah that's one thing of like say if they're like there is no possible way of knowing if you're going to have a more intelligent or more athletic baby you can bet that companies would take advantage and say well look we can actually assure you're going to have a more athletic and beautiful baby and they're just going on the basis that you hope enough people have positive reviews that you can just keep blagging it, just like conning people. So I was like, I bet that'll be a. Market sure. it. Yeah. yeah, market things and be like, you know, that's all a hoax. It's just a con. He said, yeah, but it seems like it worked for so and so. So why should I take not do it? And it's like, yeah, just one of those things. Of, um, and then, yeah, and I think in the end, it may just be more like you're picking stats for a character. So it's not that, you, you know, you got, oh, these are the eggs, these are the stats your baby's gonna have. Which one do you choose? So it's not that you're designing in those things, more of a case of you getting to choose out of a bunch. Um
0: well that's nature over nurture, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, you yeah, you make choices with your kidding. You? One quick thing on that journey, know, you just remind me that I read today, actually, which was quite funny. Um, it was about like when people talk about this is a very quick tangent, no, we'll <clears throat> straight back to what we're talking about. But it was about like um the classic thing of oh, you wouldn't want to time travel because one little tiny thing in the past could change the future right dramatically. And I say, and everyone talks about that. No one ever talks about. Doing one dramatic thing in the present and having that dramatically change your future. Mm. Because it's exactly the same principle, right? So, but yeah, like you said, the bus flight effect, we're just starting now instead of in the past. Um, but it's interesting. But anyway, the, um, yeah, I, I, I really agree. Yeah. The whole, the bigger picture versus sort of, you know, more kind of individualistic
2: yeah. um, like, take on it was uh, yeah, so quite like, a clear. Yeah, the ethics of future. And it's kind of like, you know, now, but like, oh, cool, we can do whatever because it's not even an eventuality. It's like, it's impossible on a lifeline. But it's like, yeah, but when what happens it's when it's going to be? So, one of the things for later is, oh, this isn't genetic modification, but I'll say it anyway, of it's probably an issue in a few decades, not now. Um, and it's a case of do you have something on the table? The longer it's on the table, the more it's normalized. And so you have this thing of like, oh, well, you can genetically modify a baby to do this or like CRISPR and stuff. It's like, no, we're not allowed to do that. Nope, that's, that's just ethically wrong. But the longer it's available and it's just there, the more people are like, no, oh, you know, kind of it's okay, you know. Well, we, we did this and it's not too bad. So like, even something that's taboo, the longer it's just in, do you know, if if you hide something or like it's not even on the table, it's it forgotten about or whatever, or you know, it's like, yeah. Sometimes I think the longer something goes on for and it's known about, the more likely people are to be okay with it, just because like, oh no, the whole life is it that bad? You didn't know do I mean? me.
0: Wow, you made me think, oh, I mean, this is a complete tangent from all of this. But sorry. But <laughs> it makes me think about the taboo thing, just like taboo thing. So, like, if something's known about and talked about in and out, eventually, yeah, it wears you down and you kind of like, oh, well, not wears you down, but you get used to it. Yeah. And so then you're more open to it. So I'm wondering if there's something like that and other parts of society, maybe those with different genders or those who... Feel certain ways about things that like we are getting used to, but maybe because they're taboo and people don't talk about them when we bring it up. And then our parents might might be like, Yeah, we did that actually happened like 30, 40, 50 years ago. But we're like, No, no, it's new, it's cutting edge. It's just like, No, nah, people <laughs> have been like that for ages. You just don't talk about it. But if you do talk about it, it gets very normalized, like you said. Mm. Um, and that's not at all what I was going to talk about either. <laughs> um, do you mind if I ask you about a few things? You mentioned a couple. Um, one that I find really interesting is that you said about choosing the embryo, right? That you're choosing one. It's not actually modifying necessarily. cell. Uh, the screening thing, things. yeah. yeah. Is the difference between the kind of CRISPR where you modify it physically. You're like, right, I'm, changing, I'm cutting out this section of the DNA and inputting a more regular section. So this is the actual part that Muslims have the problem with. Um, it's <laughs> The embryos have souls in their belief. And so that's the problem is that you're throwing away the other embryos. Well, How do yeah, you guys feel about
2: that? I always think this for like anything with pro-life and choice of like, or any idea of, you know, stem cells or like taking it from embryos. With IVF, I know you can you have about six eggs. They'll, they'll try a few. And I think either they're frozen or chucked away. You know, you freeze, freeze them for late use or they're just thrown away. And it's kind of like, it's funny because if you ever want to do IVF and you've got any issues of that kind of, you know, if, if life starts in the embryo, then you're th- automatically throwing six potential lives away. And even ones that could have been successful. You know, so I, I think it's a thing people don't think about of like, you know, especially with anything like, you know, some people don't like morning after pills because it's like, oh, well, whatever. But somebody may then have IVF and you're like, you do realize that you're also throwing potential lives away in that person's viewpoint. Yeah, I
1: think yeah. Again, it's it's you know everyone's entitled to their own beliefs, and they can you know. But I do think the further you go down this kind of road, the the more these kind of, especially ancient religions, become a far. How, how do they just have a less less sway? I think in terms of because it's not they weren't they weren't designed for this were they really. Although well, I appreciate you know the the ethics and the morals surrounding it, you can apply them. But I think they're so so far removed from where they started now that you are it's getting into difficult territory. But yeah, I think this could be a big rabbit hole. We, you know, we could be diving down. Here, but... Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I think it. I think it depends. I mean, like for me, I, I always think unless you have time travel, everything's already happened and everything's kind of set in stone. And I always think like the matrix of being like, it's not about, you know, when he knocks over the thing and it's, it's not about like what you do. It's about learning of why you do the things that you do, if you know what I mean? So it's not, it's like, well, did I not have a choice to do that? No, but you did, but you probably make the same decision over and over again because you wanted to do it in that time. So it's not about the decisions you make, it's why you make the decisions that you do.
0: Well, um the part that you're saying about how these things uh how these religions like I mean they still apply their beliefs to how we feel and um oh, that's a bad way of explaining it. Like the beliefs are more about the the core belief, the core values that you hold, and then you apply that to modern techniques and modern situations with this technology so i mean muslims agree that saving life or making life better is a good thing it's just the emperor is being thrown away is what they don't like christianity i found i don't know if you guys want to talk about this more or not but they said that they are all up for this like thumbs up unless a superior human race is created that's a thumbs down, and no clones, <laughs> which I just can't believe that the the, the the Pope actually mentioned that this should not be used to make clones. <laughs> this is the world we live in, guys. Oh, God, the God, world we the <laughs> uh, I mean, like, yeah,
2: I think the biggest thing with any kind of religion is usually murder is a big no-no, and then the same with just general, you know, culture as it is. I think now with anything secular, it's easy to have that well it's not life because it's just a bunch of cells i guess we're all a bunch of cells really um you know and then it's then the thing you're saying like anything like you know older religions is they're not built for this kind of thing but what really it can even be like an ethical thing regardless if you're religious or not it's about determining when something is when life is valuable and when it is not and you know and when life starts you know because if it's got the potential of life don't mind if religion they're like it's whether or not you class it as murder to kill potential life that could be a human because it's like well when do you stop from a bunch of cells to a baby being born of when that's a life that you're killing I think the biggest thing for any religion and for people who like that is the idea of murder like one person is ending another person's life and for a lot of people it's like well you you know some people would say until it's out of the womb it's not a life yet Others would say, as soon as it's got that potential of life, then it, then it is, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, there's a thing in biology, as a, as a biologist, <laughs> as they, there, is, there is never a clear cut. I mean, I was surprised when they told us that there's no clear cut what makes a species. I was like, yeah, obviously there is. is. Two like animals, if they can create a fertile offspring, then it's just, they're, they're the same species. But there's exceptions to all these rules. So there's no way of having that clear divide mm. This is alive. This is not alive. This creates life. This doesn't. It's so hard. And the problem is, people love black and white, but you don't get it.
2: Yeah, fully. That's always the thing, isn't it? It's like it comes into everything. Yeah, absolutely. Even to label it was good, good or bad, and
1: there's you know no one's good, no one's inherently
2: all good or all bad. Yeah.
1: There's like um, yeah. There's there's a thing we're talking about that are talking about like, 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 like Roudal's anti-Semitism, and should we therefore just okay, he's 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 a terrible person. Burn all his books. You know, let's go to him. Or I, don't know, I think it's another thing that is comes up in a lot of religions, and it's, it's the idea of, you know, you kind of come to the end of your life, and you're kind of, the good you've done is weighed up against the bad, and you, you hope that, you know, the good outweighs the bad, and that's kind of, I don't know, a more, slightly more nuanced way of looking at all that, I think. Well, imagine, but, um,
0: imagine a Spartan, right, this is like, well, the good, you've weighed against the bad, so the bad, how much did you steal? It's like, oh, well, I did steal a bit, and I'll how good did you do well i killed a lot of people very good very good well done Your good it definitely outweighs your bad and he's like yes hmm. nailed it <laughs> like i mean it's subjective right
2: yeah i mean i think firstly I, I believe with that if you don't have any thought of a higher authority or being that morals and ethics don't really count for anything because it's just more of there's no if you know. There's no uh, substantiation sort of if you don't know I mean. There, there's things which no, make there's sense. still. There's still objectively good and bad things without. I don't without think there are. Like, Me the moral, personally, I don't think there's objective good or bad. So if you don't
1: believe in God, you think there's no there's no difference between like what. Well, I think or there's or things
2: which make logical sense and which don't make logical sense. It doesn't mean they're good or bad. It just means they're either positive or negative, but not actually because I, I think to have a good or an evil, it's assuming that things should or shouldn't be a certain way. You could say like murder could be not beneficial for the species as a whole. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's not beneficial. You yeah, know, if you know what I mean. This is how yeah, about designer babies, but...
0: <laughs> the, no, 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 because no, this yeah. does come to... Yeah, have fun titling this
1: episode, Fred. I'm not sure what you're <laughs> going to title this
0: episode. Now, but... It's good because the key point in really all of this is that I enjoyed the ethics, right? Mm. I the oh, ethics for sure. because it has different branches of if we feel... Like, this is something we should do. This is something that we should aim, like push more of or something that we should hold back on. But ethics is really important because if you go back to the key points Mm -hmm. of ethics, if one side, if both of you both say that, yes, we should be pushing this, but one of you is saying, well, I don't believe there is an ethics behind it all. I think there's no such thing as ethics. And the other is saying there is ethics and this ties in with it. Then there's a discussion here. Mm -hmm. Alistair, tell me, tell us.
1: I think one one thing that's actually really interesting again that came from in my research for it is obviously the legality of it. So there's already mm. laws in place about it. Um, so like you wouldn't you're legally not allowed to do the you know the three kinds and you know you to get into the technicality of it. But yeah, basically you know there's there are already laws governing what you can and can't do with this. And then obviously when where you draw the line with ethics and, and laws, obviously I think those the the two are like you know very you know very very clear. Well, do you um,
0: mind? Do you have a quick on. way of because I'm I'm curious. I'd like to hear why what your point is for there is such thing as morals and
2: ethics quickly before i'll I'll definitely say more of my argument is against naturalism than it is for a lot of so i don't know necessarily so usually the kind of arguments i'd be against would be naturalism to say like in naturalism there isn't i don't believe there's you know objective good or bad it's all subjective because you know yeah, go if everything's I think subjective, choice. but it's
1: subjective to a culture, and it can be subjective to a yeah. to a group of people. So to enough to, to the point that, therefore, you have an agreed upon set of ethics. But I agree with Freddie on you know, your example. Of if, you, if you compare it to Spartans or, or any sort of mm. know, completely different, you know, group of group of people um, to our history, then yeah, of course, there's going to be things that you you now think are different than they did. Um, but no, I think obviously there's enough people who will, and obviously the people who will decide on on where this goes with terms of designer babies and um that we'll have to take into account the ethics and weigh it all up and, and you know make these decisions and then whether or, whether or not everyone agrees with them obviously they won't but
2: <laughs> but um but yeah well, yeah so well, a so point oh I, just quickly, so I think from last week you're saying somewhere about sports somewhere in the room is just a bunch of guys who are deciding whether or not something is or isn't something right right, so, right. yeah so with, with the idea against naturalism would be a case of you know when it comes to coincidence we're just a big rock that happens to have life on it to be honest and so therefore there's no you know it's like oh yeah but that's bad within this community yeah but look at the whole planet if it got smashed by another asteroid it doesn't really matter it just happened it's no it's not good or bad it's just some time progressed the only thing which is a constant is time continues in whatever speed it you know depending on what you do so but yeah so that's the thing of being like it's always yes there could be good or evil within a community and a culture but it's, not, it's only subjective, it's never objective, because realistically, it's just time is continuing on, and that's all that's actually known for definite, and things well, happen within that. Yes. And the Therefore, search, nothing matters, the end.
0: The search, yes. <laughs> yes. The search that people often want, and it turns out, surprisingly, not even everyone wants, which is kind of almost a catch 22, is people love a universal truth. If you hmm. can find something that is universal, then you're like, well, Damn, son, like we nailed it. So if you could find a universal this is bad in all situations forever and a day, like you've nailed it. And the problem is that you don't often have that. Some people would like to argue though that yes, uh, murder is wrong and always will be wrong and blah blah blah. But it's a difficult it's a difficult yeah, topic obviously. I, mean, Grant,
2: and I'm also yeah, I, I think
0: it's, just, it's, it's yeah. what
1: comes up against us is, is our desire and our you know how we're always told Boxes. the stories we're told that there's there's good and there's bad and we we always like to have this label but in reality that's not even you know we don't even come close to mm-hmm. so all the people we, we think are really good we'll have these positive that were really bad and then and, you know and obviously Hitler was a great painter
2: you know what could you <laughs> it wasn't even that good I don't think mm-hmm. but anyway that's all right that's yeah yeah, that's it. Like you know, Hitler does a does a speech all about or whatever. And if you made one good, like huh, that's quite a good point, completely unrelated to anything. It's like he still made a good point. It's just that they are a terrible person, and everything to talk about is terrible. <laughs> but yeah. Like I,
1: I think that's, that's where you have to have that balancing the kind of the scale. That's why I quite like the scale thing because obviously, like you're so weighing up your good against your bad. Because obviously, there, there are people who we can say, you know, yeah, they were a good person. You know, I think there was, there was a funny thing about that. It was like um, people were asked who would go to heaven, and um. They were sort of, you know, Mother Teresa and uh, you know Gandhi, people who would be sort of, you know, safe bets, you'd think, right? They were <laughs> yeah. were out of ten people. But the the higher the, the highest, you know, you don't have a guess who, who was the, the you know, the person everyone thought would go to heaven?
0: David Attenborough.
2: Nope.
1: Jesus. <laughs> it's gotta be Jesus. I mean, yeah, it's gotta be Jesus, so, isn't it? <laughs> of almost everyone, almost everyone who was asked, apparently the highest scoring thing of who who would go to heaven was yourself. <laughs> Everyone wow.
2: believed that they, they would go out. To- <laughs> wow, that's mad. St- Hear of your own story, right? Jeez.
0: Wow, that's a pretty good point. Ah, oh, again, you guys have got off on some sexy tangents that I'd like to talk about. I mean, separating art from the artist is something that we can talk about another time, but I find mm-hmm. really important. Yes, absolutely. I'm stuck. Uh, I'm stuck with people often around me, me myself included. and I'm like, oh no, that's crap because it was made by, mm, or that's going to be crap because it has mm in it. Like you got to separate that person from hmm. it. potentially. Some people say you shouldn't. Um, it's cancel
2: culture as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, go back to because I'm the host, so we're going to bring it back to my point. Dizing the babies. Did anyone come across Lulu and Nana from 2018? Uh, no. no, but you can Google it now. <laughs> so <laughs> this was the controversial uh, Chinese twins. The scientist, I got him somewhere. He was doing experiments with men who were HIV positive and women who were not, and they, well, well, he was hoping that he could produce children that were unaffected by the horrible virus uh, HIV. I'm actually trying to remember human immunosuppressant. Can you remember what HIV stands for? Um, Virus. AIDS
1: is autoimmunity deficiency. Syndrome,
0: Syndrome. Like. yeah. Um, HIV is
1: something. No, I don't
0: know. Yes. But anyway, so he was doing experiments with this, and obviously then it came out in a conference about um, genetic modification in children. And wow, were people unhappy with what <laughs> he did. You can't <laughs> just do that,
2: is it? Because he just relatively... I'm sure I've heard something else, like a Chinese scientist, kind of just doing something and being like, wait, wait, wait a second. Did you
0: you just do that? <laughs> I mean, it kind of was. I think this might be who you're thinking of. So, yes, it was the, these twin girls born in 2018 who have been genetically modified as embryos by the Chinese scientist He Q. So I'm so sorry for my pronunciation. So, yes, this was, again, like the whole procedure and experiment was all, like, totally, everyone was up for it. Obviously, the participants and everything. It was no, not against anyone's hmm. will, but obviously everyone was super unhappy when it came to the world stage that this had happened mainly because this is one of those things kind of like well nuclear bombs where the the thing that you've just done doesn't stop after you've done it the potential the potential knock-on effect can be massive no one knows that's the problem so i don't know if either of you came across this or you've looked it now (laughs) i i have heard
1: it before but the big question of that is like yeah how accountable are you for your actions in this case and and do you, obviously you'd hope that people like a good example would be like sort of, you know, the, the fathers of AI, if you like, or you know, the, the, not, the, the parents of AI, uh-huh.
0: um, oh,
1: um, you know, how, how, how much do they feel that guilt or that, that burden of, you know, the weight of their decisions now and how, where that's going to go down the line. And obviously you'd hope that the people who have who make those decisions will have that good conscience and, and make the right decisions, but obviously there's no, you know, whether or not you are that person.
2: So, mm. you know, hope? Yeah, because I think this was, I, I briefly looked at it, but then it's kind of like, I was, I was looking through an article and it's like, oh, this is a cool bit. And it's like, oh, this is, I'm not going to research this because it'll be like a rabbit hole. And yeah, it was, was it that like he tried making more HIV immune kids? And then the, I think they were more, this is what the thing about knock on effects is that they were more prone to something else, even like it's like flu virus or something like that. I can't remember, but it's something uh, like that. He had an increased immunity to one thing, but a decreased immunity to another
0: well there was definitely potentials i don't know about if there was that it just says from what i can see that the possibility of damaging off target effects has not been satisfactorily explored there might be more to it but i just touched on it when i was having a look
2: mm. yeah i guess that thing as well is like you don't know what you're doing and like the saying of do you know when you're trying to change genetics and it's like it's just so unknown for us of what affects anything you're know, even like when you have talks about a gay gene or anything like that it's like no but you don't get it there's like genes are so mad it could seem like something makes sense for one thing and then it's like nope not at all you know you just can't yeah it's, it's just like a completely different language which people don't understand yet i guess the word is yet
0: no idea yet oh. well, <laughs> I, just it. I mean look, alistair you mentioned something about accountability and humans i think are famously trash with dealing with the, the the
1: consequences of their actions. i am become death the destroyer of worlds right and it was like well i mean yeah nice yeah. point made but you,
0: you did still do it <laughs> yeah, like, Obviously, I that's mean,
1: Oppenheimer, yeah.
0: not even talk about like so this is genetic this is potentially changing the fundamentals of what we are as organisms i mean when we we created money we created the whole concept of it and we had a housing crisis where a bunch of bank people were like oh, yeah, I can make money off selling this and not get into trouble because I'm going to package it like this. And it ruined millions of lives. I think it ruined a lot. Like, I'm talking about the housing crisis, obviously, in... Uh, 19... I think I think money was created pretty pretty quickly before that, right? It was you know new concept. Then when it was, yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> it was, was, was just for houses,
2: it was like wait, I'm money, money. I'm, okay, going, oh, that's
0: I'm, my I'm going,
2: money. okay with I'm, trading my fish for whatever, but that house that needs something else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what I mean is that no one no one took the bullet, no one went to prison for it.
2: Like, oh,
0: that's what I mean. I'm saying we're both we're not accountable for yeah. our actions. I'm not. Yes,
1: I, I yeah I think yeah uh, the the problem, again when you it, it depends on this. Like we were talking about at the beginning, we, we see how we brought it back around beautifully. The whole like the scope of it, right? So how individualist you're looking at how on a, on a you know wider scale. So yeah, when you look at things like that, obviously you can't gonna you, know, you you can't hold hold someone accountable for for uh, you know
2: this much much wider well, uh, broader view of it. Well, well, a good quote I've heard is "No raindrop individual raindrop feels responsible for the flood." Yeah, and, I think. yeah it's that thing of like yeah. well well, no it wasn't just me it's like yeah but you were a part to play in it but i guess you could also then say if you're not was if you're not like if you're not with us you're against us or if you're not help if you're not part of the help then you're part of the yeah, well, part all of the, the takes
1: were able to authorities for a good men to do nothing or
2: yeah so then it, again the accountability means like well if you're not even if you're not doing something you're held accountable then
0: okay last point that i was going to make i don't know how long i've gone on for this is The current estimate, I think, if we allow gene editing, we can save 5%, which think about that, that's a massive number, 5% of children being born from potential genetic defects that they will have to live with for the rest of their life.
2: And cost the state money, because at the end of the day, it all comes down to how much we have to pay out. Um, well, it
0: saves money that's the thing it actually saves yeah money. Yeah, no. yeah that's it so
2: that's why it's a really e- i think always a lot of the thing was like yeah, you know, look at england of like they had to introduce a 5p charge for plastic bags and suddenly the whole of the uk is all eco it's like yes oh, of course i'm gonna use a plastic bag because you're gonna get charged 5p and that's realistically you had the good intention to want to do it but you're like it's just a bit more whatever and it, it, usually it comes down to a thing of however good will you are unfortunately a lot of times people need motivation in another way and you know and that's- the incentive yeah it's all, all about incentives yeah everything about that i think um, i think we can go back again to the
1: individualistic and the um the, the broader scale so and you can you can look at it as like ask a parent if you do get the choice would you have a, a child with genetic defect or, or without no one's ever going to say yeah I'll you know or if, if we ever got to a stage where people were choosing the defect for some sort of you know status symbol or whatever however terrible <laughs> is in the future i don't know but you know but i, th- I think any rational person hopefully would say no obviously you, you want that so you know whether it's right or wrong i think on a on a broader scale it's hard to say but this one i think is a good example of on the you know on the more you know individuals basically individuals it's uh comes a lot a lot simpler
2: oh I'll, I'll i'll um come in with a point for a, for the five percent of again I, I guess the biggest thing is that's only a good thing isn't it if you're able to just negate five percent of children having a genetic defect and i guess the only big fear of it is just going into eugenics which i feel like hypothetically makes sense unless you're killing off people um, <laughs> but more of a you know starting afresh so to speak but i think it's The biggest thing is where you draw the line and like the Pandora's box as with that Chinese scientist of like you started something like you've discovered the atomic bomb for instance and like it's not a case of it's well I don't think atomic bombs good for anything no splitting the atom was good for something um but it's like where does it go and like it could be you never have any issues now but it's the bigger picture of what are we giving down to future generations and what we're going to what's going to be our mark on the world it's going to be for good i feel like
1: yeah i feel like uh, ever since we decided to domesticate wheat basically we've just had a the human legacy has just been <laughs> let's make it a scene that seems good at the time now and then it has terrible repercussions <laughs> later down but and i that can generate just problems so they, they can work it out and they'll make their own mistakes and make it even worse yeah.
2: until I'm, we even you know yeah, I, I think my biggest thing is not i can't not see that being, changing, is something. yeah because like for me, during uni, when I was in Chester, I had Chester. alarms for everything because I knew I couldn't trust myself to do, you know, I had alarms to wake up, to eat my breakfast, to play Xbox, to study, walk the dogs, because I knew I just couldn't trust myself to do that. I, I have the best will in the world, and I think it's the same thing of the the, the thing that you passed on down, just to be aware that, like, you know, the best will in the world, it may not be you know, like, oh, they should only use this for good. But uh, yeah, as you say, Alston, track record isn't too good, <laughs> you know.
0: Well, I mean, that's actually a quote from someone uh, during, I think when they were talking about the potential violate, via, violated ethical guidelines of science with the uh, um, Lulu and Nana in 2018, I think someone said that it was a wrong turn down the right path. Oh, I like about. that sums up what you're saying is that yes like you mean yeah. well
2: but you don't know but it, it's also sort of thing of like does it mean you stop doing anything just for the fear of what could be you know yeah. uh, but it's yeah so it's how do you check yourself for progression and again the longer it goes on the more pe- people are okay with it it just comes common life and then it's a case of then you're going back onto it or what constitutes good or bad you know it could be in the future everyone's got like you know don't know crazy massive eyes and wings and it's like people now be like that's that's not right you shouldn't be doing that to our genetics but it's like but why why is it that you decided what was right or wrong and we have to follow it you know and then it well, goes back to the is objective good or bad or like right or wrong objective truth isn't it um
0: i mean tying your point analysis point together we do look different from our ancestors because we um we domesticated wheat. We look different because yeah. of the practices of farming—we're mm. massive. <laughs> yeah, we, we I thought we're, you know,
1: current like you said, we're we're kind of currently cyborgs, right? The reliance we have on our on technology already. <laughs> you know, obviously you can put your phone down, but if you went a day without your phone, you'd really notice, right? You know, you, you're dependent on that in, in a way that you know. The I, I look past Previous weren't, so you know, yeah, I think you know, when you can look at all those things, yeah, we're massively changing, and it's only when you if you look back as far as obviously us the domestication of wheat—that's a good example. But yeah, I, I can't see it training I'm and you just have to kind
2: of hope we're along for the ride
1: and see see where yeah. it takes us. I, I
2: love the idea of like you know like sidewalks because like you can put your phone down but for the rest of your life like no you need you need it to function nowadays you know and you can people can say oh well, you don't actually need it like yeah but not not for the society that we live in now you know that's why like if
0: people, I want like, my job then I'd need my phone it's just it's, it's a yeah. one plus one equals two I can't do my job without a phone So can I survive without it? I mean, technically or realistically? Where are you going?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Can you thrive without it?
0: Mm. Mm. So I just, um, one negative thing I'll talk about first, or potential negative, how you see it. There is an IAMA on Reddit from a survivor sibling. Ooh. If anyone's interested, please, do go and give it a little bit of a read it was written six years ago and i feel sadly,
1: like we could just do it freddie
0: <laughs> the tldr i'm not, not going to read the whole thing it's just the sad yeah. point is that uh this is someone whose older brother had leukemia their parents couldn't find a sound option for a bone marrow donor so they conceived the person who wrote this through IVF solely for the purpose of donation the older brother died a few years ago when the writer was 16 and he was 21 but prior to that they had down- donated blood and bone marrow many times and sadly the parents did not seem to treat the secondary sibling that well they mm-hmm. weren't that happy with them and they kind of blamed them a bit um it's it quite a negative That's story it's I wanted to just remind you the that there is the negative, yeah.
1: Mm. Well, the story that I started with is the absolute the positive side, of it, and then that's the flip side of that. Coordinate. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah.
2: And like, it's to the parents. It's not the, the thing that happened. It's how people react to it yeah. it.
0: yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, I think something that I forget, anyway, is that there's positive and negative, short, small term, like, you know, small vision, mm. like with individual cases, and then you have lots more, uh, large view, positive and negative, right? So, I mean, you could even have small view positive. Oh, wow, everyone's getting healthier. Large view negative. Ah, oh, turns out we're all infertile 2000 years later. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you just don't know how it goes. So, yeah, tying it together. Would you mind if I finish off? I have, great. obviously, I have to finish off with Will you or would you, if offered, screen your genetic material to check you're not passing it on to your children? And how might this affect your choices of having kids in the future? Minus you, Johnny, who already has a kid.
2: But <laughs> well, we already do, technically. You know, like Ezra is screened for uh, like Down syndrome and different like genetic diseases already, just when they're in the womb. The, the, the harder thing is, it's easier to choose an embryo which does or doesn't have it. It's a much harder decision to choose whether or not you abort a baby based on a screening. Um, so but yes, it already happens now. You get screenings for stuff like that. So again, you could say just it's quite commonplace. But and I've got 23andMe, so I actually know a little bit about my genetics.
0: <laughs> I never realized you did the 23andMe. Oh. Okay,
2: yeah. we'll
1: talk about that in a second. Yeah. Alistair? Um, yeah, no, I, I think yeah, I, I would for sure. You know, I, I I just look at it as I mean, you know, in the same way that when you're when you're the age at which you're choosing to have kids, I think that's that's a that's just an you know, extrapolation of this, you know the same same principle basically it's, it's you want to give your child the best life you can and i believe that that is a, that is one way to do it and give them a better life so yeah
0: so I, is it I better have, to have a kid who will have a more normal i guess inverted commas life that i just think I'm, that
1: i've i've had the chance to live a you know live a really great life and be be a really healthy happy person i i, I, I want to have that for the same you know based on my personal experience of that i think that that would be a this guy's showing
2: off <laughs> Kill his health yeah. and happiness. Oh <laughs> man. Oh, can we all? Totally. We all we all do have that. So if, <laughs>
0: what if we all did a 23 me and had a screen when it's just a normal thing when you're young, when you're when you're born, mm. and then it's like, all oh, right, you're a carrier for this and you're not a carrier for this, so cool. So, just so watch out. Did yeah. I told told you the
2: story about the people who they were both a carrier for a really rare genetic disorder and they had the two yeah. kids? Could you imagine of like everyone just as a standard screening, you get 23 and me when you're a kid, when you're a baby. And when you're growing up, you, you compare things. So rather than actually choosing like, you know, everyone's allowed to have kids naturally, but to make sure we don't have those genetic defects, you're not allowed to have kids with somebody who is also a carrier. That's like, it becomes a law or something because that means you're... You know, when you give some... If somebody, like, um, has sex when they've got AIDS and they don't tell somebody and they know that they have it, that's kind of like... not. Ma- I can't remember the term. Not manslaughter. Illegal. But, <laughs> yeah, illegal, <laughs> like that. It, oh, well, there you go, yeah. So, like that. So, could you imagine you fall in love with somebody and then you find out, no, you're not allowed to have kids. You're allowed to be married. This, is, you can this never is one day kids. Romeo and Juliet. I it. <laughs> yeah, so, <it'd> be like... <laughs> That idea like you, you can't there's some people you could never marry because you're not to have kids with them or if you do get married so you have to become infertile like no you're not to have kids well you can you can have kids with Sorry someone kids. else I
1: yeah
2: by the way uh, honey um here's a baby <laughs>
0: is that cool
1: but to extrapolate even further, like, what, what do you guys think about you know the government say sterilizing everybody at birth and then you have to sort of pass a test to be able to have a kid or like you know Ooh. what do you guys think about Ooh.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow, I'd never heard of that.
1: That sounds hilarious as a book. <laughs> Just like the dick <laughs> box. I get like, it, might, it might, obviously a government having that level of control over people's bodies was obviously completely. You know, this is exactly what the Chinese government did with the one-child policy, and Gita. you know, obviously it, it had dramatic effects on the, you know, dramatic negative effects on on, on a very wider scale. And um, but yeah, I mean, what do you guys think of it in terms of a body deciding what people do with their bodies? Is that yeah, you know, has, I mean, that, should that, that be oh, I, right? Do you have a right well, to have I... kids, or because also you see people you maybe you know maybe don't maybe aren't the best parents in the world, and you think oh hmm. well you know should they have been like, able is... to You know obviously a good argument for them, you know it's a human right and everything. But I don't know. Wait, what do you guys stand on that?
2: There's a charity in America, and I, I'm pretty sure I have to I have to double check um, that they pay something like three hundred dollars to drug addicts to effectively become infertile. So it's kind of saying like we're going to give you money and you can come clean, but until then just make sure you're not going to have kids because it's effectively not fair in the kids and you could say like, in turn it's just yeah uh, just just I more money that. coming out in like kids going into this i feel like a lot, of was,
1: yeah, a lot of people would say that they are ethically right right but then yeah because someone's taking the handmaiden's tale that they would they would be considered the most heinous you know that'd be the most heinous crime like to stop the birth of super pro-life movements so yeah it's, it's an interesting one yeah.
0: man you've given me another thought experiment now what if that let's say Eighteen. When whenever your country assumes that you have full uh, autonomous autonomy. control of your own body and life, they offer you money because the world's overpopulated to not have to, to sterilise yourself. they like, oh, would you like to be sterile? And you're like, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> I mean, we keep finding there's about 40, 30 to forty.
2: Everyone becomes really depressed. <laughs> just, <laughs> But yeah, the, the
1: buzz of buying those—you know, buying that new laptop and car when you're when you're 18—it's worn off by
0: the time you're 40, and you wish you did <laughs> Yeah. Suddenly, yeah. car insurance goes goes down <laughs> for, for, for boys somehow. Well, yeah, I did. Have That's I I, I, you know. I,
2: I I do like that. Yeah.
0: That's a really good thought experiment. That I'm going to have to think about. But I guess I'm against it only because it's still people who have their horrible biases. Who are deciding what it takes to be allowed to not be sterile mm. you know what I mean yeah I mean you could uh, you could just have a few bad eggs in there with way too much power and you have just wiped out a whole lot of diversity
1: yeah I mean it's maybe also, I mean, like it's also be really interesting about how the, how the, you know, the amount of money they offer for that I think you know in terms of yeah, how, it, the economics of that, I mean, yeah, that's again a whole other thing, but the economics of that I think would be fascinating. Let's <laughs>
0: <Yeah.
1: laughs> see what people would actually do. I don't know, that's weird. You
0: economic file, <laughs> economy file. What, okay. You, but, yeah, you'd
2: have breeders and business, well, do you like workers and breeders effectively, wouldn't you? And it's like, well, no, I sterilise myself. If you are 18, you choose to sterilise yourself, you get a big burst of money and say a career or whatever. And it's like you have the breeders and you have the workers that yeah. idea how cool that how not how cool but you know that idea of a story where you have like complete two different sects of society one progresses the society further one produces the society if you know what mm-hmm. I
0: mean. uh, yeah. and then there's a third a third smaller sector for everyone's entertainment which is the sport people and the sport people like they work for your entertainment but they breed so that they may produce more sporty people
1: Hmm. We are we just living in Freddy's utopia where everyone's really fit and, <laughs> <little sport> and <laughs> has as pretty babies. I be a worse place to live.
0: Well, to sign off, I, would you guys like to mention anything more about genetics? Hey, that's a that's okay. a great place to end utopia. Okay. Uh, Well, I hope that everyone listening, if you do decide that you want to have children, that you make your decisions with a little tiny bit more knowledge. <laughs> <we've made> <laughs> was, no, that's what we were going for this episode, for sure. <laughs> yeah, of course. I just want Thanks. people to be just a tiny bit wiser. Like, hopefully than we are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's, that's the dream. Yeah.
0: So, to finish off, um, that's bye from me for this week, bye from Johnny and bye from Alistair, and we'll see you next time. If you've enjoyed this podcast and actually made it to the end, please consider following us on Instagram at no Idea Yet Podcast. And if you have any ideas or topics that we could talk about, feel free to either message us there or send us an email at noideayetpodcast at gmail.com.